Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm going to chat about the best times to eat chocolate because some times are better than others. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everybody, on this fine, fine day. My name is Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. And fun fact about me is that I actually currently have three blocks of chocolate sitting in my fridge that have been there for a really long time because I've I've just, I don't know, I've gone off it recently and I don't really feel like eating it. But I feel like that's odd for me, but I'm just going with it. Um, typically though, I really super enjoy eating chocolate. And so I thought I'd chat about chocolate in today's podcast. One of the most common questions that I get asked about eating chocolate is how do I stop eating chocolate? And a lot of people feel like their chocolate habit or their chocolate addiction or whatever you want to define it as is a key thing that's holding them back from um, their health and particularly their weight loss goals. Now, of course, consuming too much chocolate will make it difficult to lose weight because chocolate is extremely energy dense. 30 grams of chocolate can actually fuel 15 minutes of continuous push-ups on your toes. So it's that's a lot of energy because 15 minutes of continuous push-ups, super hard. My arms are just hurting just thinking about that actually. It's also equivalent to two thick slices of bread. So it's quite energy dense. It's really easy to overconsume chocolate because it's not very filling. And so of course it's easy to get a lot of energy in one sitting. So 30 grams of chocolate is 200 calories. It's quite a lot of energy. And so it's a challenging thing because, you know, on the one hand, people have these goals of, of weight loss that they're trying to achieve. But on the other hand, they're often saying things like, I can't live without chocolate. I'm addicted to chocolate. I'm in love with chocolate. I've heard people say I'm in a serious relationship with chocolate, (laughs) Um, you know, and there are are movies that are like, it beats any man, it's better than sex. And other things like uh, no matter what happens, chocolate will make it all better. My personal favourite is it's that time of the month and if I don't eat chocolate, I will kill my husband. You know, that's my favourite one. So we, we feel a deep connection with chocolate, particularly those of us who really enjoy eating it and like eating it. And so one of my key pieces of advice and answers when people are like, how do I stop eating chocolate is you need to not make a rule about it because as soon as you tell yourself to stop eating it or you shouldn't be eating it, that is all you will want and you will absolutely rebel against it. Because at the end of the day, you actually want to eat it. You do. You like it. You want to eat it. It makes you feel good. So you need to try a different approach. So I'm going to just go through a little bit of the history of chocolate, you know, why we like it, some myths, and then just go through the best times, in my opinion, um, that we should eat it. So 
Cacao, which is the dried, partly fermented seeds of the cocoa plant, has been used for many cultures throughout the world for close to around 4,000 years, they reckon. But it wasn't confectionery or used in confectionery until about 1828. And in 1847, it was commercially produced as chocolate. And so milk chocolate was then invented by the Swiss. Thank you, Swiss people. We have them to thank. In 1876, and then it's been with us ever since. And so there's been a lot of talk over the years about the antioxidant properties of chocolate, lots of debate around its health benefits. So the truth is, is that cocoa um, or cacao, it does contain more than 200 compounds that are thought to be beneficial to human health. You know, just like any plant, it's rich in phytochemicals, which are just plant-based chemicals that boost health. And so of the greatest interest in chocolate, looking at health chemicals are polyphenols and flavanol. So cocoa has the highest flavanol content of all foods on a per weight basis. And flavanols are powerful antioxidants that have a beneficial effect on blood clotting, protection from free radicals, can help the immune system and a number of other body systems. I think the challenge is is that we're not actually eating cocoa as a whole food. And so we're eating the, the high sugar, high fat content of a chocolate, which then sort of can overshadow these heart protecting compounds that may be cocoa has. And I think in our current environment where we're surrounded by energy dense foods and it's easy to put on weight, you know, as a health professional, I would be a little hesitant to recommend promoting regular consumption of such a calorie dense food. There are other ways that you can get your flavanols and your polyphenols. However, you know, so there's this thought that the negatives of regular chocolate consumption outweigh the positives from a from a polyphenol and flavanol perspective because of, you know, it's quite calorie dense, high in sugar, high in fat. So in saying that, you know, I believe in balance. You know that I do. And I think it's absolutely fine to eat chocolate as part of your day. And I go through phases in my life where I eat it regularly, you know, a couple of pieces every night, or I just, um, you know, eat it a couple of times a week. Whereas, you know, currently I'm not eating much of it at all. So I do allow myself to just eat things as I feel like I want to, but it's just put into the context of I'm making a choice about my food rather than actually um, putting rules around what I eat. And that's what I'd like to talk about in a little bit. So another thing to think about is that a large proportion of the antioxidants present in cocoa get lost during the processing of making chocolate. Um, and so your best bet is dark, nice dark chocolate because it's got, you know, a lot of cocoa per volume of chocolate. Um, and of course, because it's on the bitter side, has a little less sugar, you're more likely to just be happier on a smaller portion. So go for a nice, really dark chocolate, high cocoa content, and then just enjoy the heck out of that guy. You're going to get some health benefits, but there are, you know, other foods that provide you with antioxidants, aka vegetables, that are going to be much more um, bang for your buck from a nutritional perspective. I think when it comes to thinking about stopping eating chocolate is that it's actually important to understand why we like it so much and why we want to eat it and why making a rule to stop eating it is going against a number of really strong both psychological and physiological drivers to want to eat the food. And so, you know, knowing that there's these strong drives there 
you know, it should hopefully remove some of the guilt that you might feel about constantly breaking the rule of stop eating chocolate. Um, No guilt. Let's not have guilt associated with food. You're not a bad person. You didn't kill anybody. You didn't steal anything. You literally just ate chocolate. And chocolate is good, right? It is so good. It's delicious. There are a number of reasons why it's so good. So as humans, we're born with some innate food preferences. So these are food preferences that are inbuilt in us. One of those is a preference for sweet foods. Human breast milk is quite sweet and so there's an innate preference for wanting that food, which obviously encourages a new baby to suckle at mum's breast and get the nutrition that he or she needs for life. Another food preference is for creamy textures or the mouthfeel of fat. Mmm, mouthfeel, right? Sugar and fat makes food good. Sugar makes the food taste good and fat makes the food feel good. And chocolate satisfies both of those preferences. Add to this a whole sensory experience in that not only are you tasting food and feeling food when you eat chocolate, but you are smelling food. It's got a pleasant aroma and a really distinct flavor. You know, there's the snap of the chocolate. So we're hearing the chocolate, right? It is good. We're looking at it. It looks great, right? It's a sensory experience like nothing else. And so it's natural for us to prefer certain foods you know, for these sensory experiences. Um, And we also prefer them through situational experiences. And so our brains often make these connections between foods and the situation where that food is eaten. And so foods enjoyed in good circumstances and have memories are more highly preferred than foods experienced during negative circumstances. And so when you first started eating chocolate, it was centered around an enjoyable time or memory Combine that with the the sensory pleasure that you experience and there's no wonder that we just want to keep eating it. So a couple of myths or truths. They're actually, I've got one truth and, and three myths. Myth number one is eating chocolate is the same as having sex. <laughs> this is so good. It is a myth. Um, phenylethylamine. PEA is a chemical that's been dubbed by the media as the love drug and is what supposedly makes chocolate a sex substitute. Um, Chocolate does contain this chemical, but PEA doesn't actually reach the brain if it's consumed via the mouth. So that one's out, guys. All right. Number two is that chocolate is addictive. That's a myth as well. Chocolate does contain the chemical anandam. Wait, I'm saying this wrong. I've got it written in front of me, but I'm anandamide. It's an addictive drug-like substance. If we assume that this substance has the strongest possible potency of these chemicals, we would need to consume 25 kilograms of chocolate in one sitting to even remotely feel a high and become addicted to it. 25 kilograms of chocolate, right? So, yeah, if you could eat that much chocolate, that's amazing. Myth number three is that Premenstrual syndrome, so PMS, causes you to crave chocolate. There is studies that look at chocolate consumption over the menstrual cycle. They found no connection between chocolate cravings and the time of the month. It's just anecdotal. Dang it. 
But there are studies that show that in the luteal phase of your cycle, so the two weeks before your period starts, that you do have an increased metabolism. So your body's burning a bit more calories. So you might just be extra hungry and you're just feeling like, oh, I need to eat chocolate with that. So let's just finish off the session really quickly with the best times to eat chocolate. Look, this is a bit tongue in cheek, right? Because there are no best times to eat chocolate. It's just whenever you decide to eat it, you're a grown adult, you can eat whatever you want. Remove the rules and make a genuine choice about eating chocolate. But these are my tips for the best time, tongue in cheek, to eat chocolate. Number one is when you're premenstrual, because in my opinion, the importance of chocolate being available during this time is absolutely vital for the survival of the male population and our young children, right? I just feel like I'm not emotional when I'm premenstrual. It's just everybody is stupid around me. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I only want to abuse the whole world because it deserves it, and I'm and I'm I'm not some erupting emotional volcano who can't control my mood. It's just that everybody's ridiculous around me, and chocolate is very soothing, and it helps me cope with the stupidity that persists all around me at that time of the month. Um, number two is. A good time to eat is when you've just done a workout. And in fact, I talked about this in the pre-workout snacks episode, a couple of episodes previous to this, but your body is actually primed for glycogen refueling after a really intense um, and long exercise session, so 60 to 90 minutes plus. And so, you know, being high in sugar or carbohydrate, right? Chocolate is going to help with glycogen refueling. So if you're going to eat some chocolate, you may as well eat it straight after that exercise session. All of that sugar is going to go into glycogen storage, which is excellent. You know, what about the fat? I hear you say, well, exercise is also one of the best ways to encourage fat burning by the body, particularly when it lasts for longer than 45 to 60 minutes. So you're not undoing your workout by eating chocolate straight after it. You did that workout. You can't take it back. Obviously, there are better things to eat post-workout and depending on your goals and seek individualized advice for that. But hey, if you're going to eat some chocolate, eat it straight after a workout. Good time. Number three is eat it when there is no guilt, right? If you have a moment to think about your emotional attachments to food, you know, you'll find that eating certain foods make you feel guilty or ashamed and that it's not necessary to feel this way. Food doesn't hold a moral value. It's not right or wrong. It's not good or bad. It's just food. And if you find food stressful, then I suggest that you just seek some professional help, either from a psychologist or a dietitian, somebody who's actually really going to get in your corner and build a relationship with you and, and, and take you on a journey of building a healthier relationship with food. But look, it is a sensory experience to eat chocolate. So don't ruin it by being guilty about eating it. You eat it, you enjoy it, you own it, you chose to do it feel empowered, you're the master of your mouth and there's nothing wrong with enjoying something that you love. The last thing when it's a good time to eat chocolate is when you're with friends. I just find that sometimes when we're eating things all alone and sad, that that can be, yeah, just an unhealthy place to be. I find that sharing my chocolate with friends, right, one means the calories are being spread over many bottoms but two is that you're enjoying the sensory experience together, especially when you're trying a new product or brand. Like when the M&M chocolate blocks came out, because I really like M&Ms, and then they brought out the M&M chocolate blocks. Yum. That was such a great moment to eat that with, 
I ate it with my husband and we and my kids and we just like really enjoyed a couple of rows together. It was so good. We had a good time. It was like this new chocolate to try. So that's it for today's episode. I know I'm quite crazy and slightly neurotic in this episode, but I just want you to know that you are not a terrible person based on what you eat. You're a human being and you're eating food and you are okay. Enjoy that chocolate. If you feel like you need some help and support with your nutrition and developing long-term healthy eating habits, then get in touch. Have a great day, team. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.